0: you have your Bibles, take your copy and please turn with me to Luke chapter nine, the ninth chapter of Luke. If you were here last week and you say, wait, 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 we were in chapter 15 this week. Why are we going backwards? Simply because we are gearing up for Easter and chapter nine, as we'll see a hinge verse of Jesus actually moving towards Jerusalem. And so chapters nine through the end of the book are kind of known as his travel narratives to Jerusalem. And so we're uh, identifying key texts from chapter 9 through the end of the chapter that will get us through Easter and um, kind of walk along with Jesus, if you will. So that's why we're going backwards to go forward. So we're in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading in verse 51. Hope you found it. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me here, and uh, I'll read down through the end of chapter 9. So let's stand again in honor of God's word. Read the word. You follow along as I read the word allowed. Luke 9 verse 51. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead of himself and on the way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But they didn't welcome him, because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. Verse 57, as they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but... The son of man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those in my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, but we acknowledge that that's a dangerous prayer. Not dangerous in the sense that it threatens the vitality of our life, but it's dangerous in the sense that you may call us away from something to you for our good and for your glory. So as we just sang, I pray it now as a prayer and I pray, I hope everyone is praying with me that you are welcome here, Spirit, because these are some hard words from the Christ. I pray that you would help me to give sense to them, but your spirit be the one that does that that only you can do the supernatural work. Have your way, I pray. And may your son Jesus be exalted for the great God and savior that he is. It's in his name I pray, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I don't know if you heard about the guy who's trying to talk big for his woman. But he told her, he said, girl, I'd climb the highest mountain just to be with you. Girl, I'd swim the deepest ocean just to look at your beautiful face. Sweetheart, I would walk the driest, hottest desert just to hold you in my arms. And I'll be over later this afternoon if it doesn't rain. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I tend to be good at making audacious claims without thinking about the conditions. I'm a good poser. I love to make good promises as long as they stay within my agenda. (laughs) I like control. Like the couple that wants to write their own marriage vows. I do, as long as this doesn't happen, I will. Of course, this has got to be like this. A year ago this week, I stood on this stage and made fun of the COVID virus. It wasn't gonna bother us. I didn't say it like that, but I didn't think it was that big a deal. I even made a joke about the toilet paper shortage and called this Sunday Corona Sunday. Several of you came after and says, hey, where's the Corona? <laughs> and I will never forget someone telling me this week, the, the, the week between now and next week, a year ago, that we may not be able to have Easter and me laughing at them. I just knew that wouldn't be the case. Because I had control over things. And I can make some great claims as long as it stays within my agenda. I love control. Hey, Jesus, can we call down fire from heaven and take these Samaritans out? I hate them. I would like to see these Samaritans fry. Can we just please call down fire from heaven and take out these Samaritans? I mean, you can't blame them. At the beginning of chapter 9, Luke gives, uh, excuse me, Jesus gives the 12 apostles a lot of power and a lot of authority to do things. And in chapter nine, a couple of days before this, the disciples, Peter, James, and John, saw Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. And they're thinking of Elijah. Guess who called fire down from heaven a couple times in his ministry? Elijah. So you can't blame James and John, the sons of thunder. They're walking through Samaria, and by the way, most Jews didn't walk through Samaria. They went around it, especially on the way to Passover week, which is why Luke tells us that he wasn't welcome because he was determined to go to Jerusalem. They didn't want him to go to Jerusalem during Passover week through Samaria, and so the Samaritans did not want Jesus and his boys around. They hated Hebrews. Hebrews hated Samaritans, and so James and John said, we've seen Elijah. You gave us authority. Can we please... Please take these people out. That would be awesome. Can we flex our muscles? Can we show our control? Can we show them who's boss? I'm glad we're not like that. We would never want Jesus to punish anybody in our lives if we (laughs) not. We would never want Jesus to take out our ex. We would never want Jesus to punish the person who took our spot in the company, especially that one that did it immorally. We would never want Jesus to take out those liberal Democrats, would we? We'd never use our power to to raise our voice and exercise control over our spouse, would we? We'd never get brash and thrash to show our power to our children as to who's in charge, would we? We'd never use our money to get people to do what we wanted, would we? Hey, Jesus, would you send down fire from heaven and take these people out? I hate them, they hate me. Let's be done with it. Luke tells us that all Jesus did was rebuke them and they kept walking to the next village. I wished I'd known what he said. Did you catch what Luke tells us where, he's go, where Jesus is going. I don't much like this translation on this verse, on verse 51. It says Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem. That's true, but it carries a lot more sting to it. A more literal translation would be Jesus set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. Nothing was going to deter him. He was going straight there. Why was he going, church? To die. In other words, hey, James and John, this is not how I do things. We're going to Jerusalem to give my life away, not to take life. The way of Jesus is to go to the cross, to give life so that others can have it, not to flex your muscles, show your power, and tell them, make sure everybody knows you're right and they're wrong. The way of Jesus is servant. The way of Jesus is giving your life away. And to do that, you gotta give up control. It's a lot easier to post something hateful on Facebook than it is to serve and give your life away for their good. But you gotta give it to James and John. They stayed with Jesus. They kept walking with Jesus. They kept going, okay, all right. That'd be really cool (laughs) if you just (laughs) That's not how you do things. You give life, don't take it. James and John stay with Jesus, but there are three posers who approach Jesus next. Jesus approaches one, actually, and two come up to Jesus. They're wannabe disciples. They talk a good game, but we never know their names. They're on the scene one second and then they're gone. First one hears that Jesus is in town and he runs up to Jesus and you gotta love his intensity. Hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. You would think that Jesus and the disciples were like, hey, I want, that's, I want this guy. That's that's what I wanna hear. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I grew up singing that hymn. I know that's what Jesus likes to hear. Wherever Jesus wants to go, that's where I'm gonna go. And the first guy says, anywhere you go, Jesus, I'll go. And you would think Jesus would be all over that, say come on. But this guy didn't realize that Jesus could see his heart. I'll be over later if it doesn't rain. I'll follow you wherever you go. You think Jesus will be like, come on, buddy, we're headed to Jerusalem. But Jesus says, hey, foxes have dens to live in. Birds have nests to live in. Me, the son of man, I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Come on we never hear this guy again. That's it. I'll follow you wherever you go, as long as it's nice hotels and luxury resorts. Or let's take it a step farther. I'll follow you wherever you go, as long as I can have my nightly routine. I like to do this after supper and then this and I like to watch this and I like to brush my teeth in this bathroom. I like to wash my face here. I like to sleep in this bed. I like my nightly routine. I'll follow you wherever you go. Just don't mess with my nightly routine. Foxes have have dens and birds have nests, but you you may have to rely on the hospitality of other people. You may have a bed. You might not. Who knows what you're going to eat? You coming? You coming? We never hear from that dude again. He gone. And Jesus approaches the second one. Follow me. That's what Jesus says to every one of us would be disciples. Follow me. And I don't know if the guy knew that Jesus was going to be around that day or not. But this guy makes, you would think, a very valid request. Jesus, my dad's dying. I need to go and bury him, then I'll catch up with you. Let me go bury my dad, and then I'll come. That seems legit. That seems honorable. Now, okay, let the guy go take care of his dad. I mean, I've been to a lot of funerals in my life and I've never once felt convicted of sin by attending a funeral. I, didn't, I don't think it's bad to go and honor the dead. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Ouch. Where's nice Jesus? That's hard. What do you mean, Jesus? He just wanted to go do the socially acceptable, socially honorable thing. Let the man go take care of his dad. And Jesus says, let them go. In other words, if you can't trust me with your dad to take care of him, don't come. If your relationship to me doesn't supersede any other relationship, don't come. If you don't understand that I am superior to any other human relationship, then you don't get it. You want to go talk about dead and dead people and people that are almost dying more than you want to proclaim the kingdom of God, then you're probably not ready. Which is very interesting when I think about most of our groups. We love to talk about the dead and those that are almost dying more than we want to talk about who God is bringing alive with the kingdom of God. There's nothing wrong with honoring the dead. There's nothing wrong with talking about praying for those that are dying. What's wrong is what's not talked about. You don't think I can take care of your dad? You gotta give me control. Then the third guy, <laughs> he approaches Jesus. Jesus. I'm coming. I'm coming. I didn't know you were going to be here today. And they didn't have internet. They didn't have phone. They didn't have radio. They didn't have all this stuff then. And they didn't have newspaper then. And so he was just walking along. Jesus was walking from Samaria to Jerusalem. And the guy was, I didn't know you were going to be here today. I'm going to come with you. I want to follow you, Jesus, where you go. But I need to go back and tell my, tell my family what's going on. Okay. Y'all headed to Jerusalem. I'll just meet you there. I need to go. I need to go back and take care of some things. I need to make sure some details are in order. I need to make sure all my affairs are in place, so that when I can go and follow you, and I'll just, I'll just meet you on ahead. You'd think, okay, Jesus was like, okay, that's fine. You didn't know I was going to be here. You just meet us on ahead. And Jesus says, whoever puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And every farmer would have known exactly what he meant. You put your hand on a plow, you start looking back, you're going to be all over the place. If you put your hand on a plow and it starts going, you better make sure you're staying so it can be straight. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't go back. You better trust that I can take care of those details. You come with me. Give up control of trying to control the details. I'll handle that. You come with me. Jesus is 0 for 3 I knew he should have read Dale Carnegie's book How to Win Friends and Influence People (laughs) if he had just read that book 0 for 3 do you think Jesus was trying to get more disciples because if he was trying to get more he missed three golden opportunities I don't think the goal was more I think the goal was real. Are you a real disciple? I don't think Jesus was trying to see how many he could get. I think he was trying to see how many could get it. How many understood Him, how many understood what he came to do? How many understood what he was going to Jerusalem to do? Listen, church, this is harsh, this is hard. I've looked for loopholes this week, I've looked for ways to water this down to make Jesus look nicer but I'd be misleading you. The point of this text is for it to carry bite. The point of this text is for it to carry depth. And for each of us to say, do I see him in that capacity? You see, if we were to bundle all these descriptions of Jesus here, James and John call him Lord. He himself calls himself the son of man. Two or three times he refers to himself as the kingdom of God has come. In other words, Jesus, if we bundle all that together, it's as if Jesus is saying, if you knew who I was, you'd understand that I came to fulfill what you're longing for. I am what you need. I am what your heart desires. Come with me. I am who you long for. If you understood who I was, you'd gladly leave your family to come with me. If you understood who I was, you'd gladly leave your comfort to come with me. The reason reason you love your comfort so much is not because your desires are so small. It's because you don't understand me. This isn't about miserably following Jesus and saying, okay, here we go. This is about saying you are the king of the kingdom of God. You are what my heart longs for. Where else would I go? And I trust that you'll take care of the rest. I don't think we love our comfort and our family and our situations and our details too much. I think we don't understand Jesus enough. Because when we understand him, it's an easy choice. C.S. Lewis, who wrote a lot of books, but one of the books he wrote was called The Weight of Glory. And he comments on this by saying these words. Only C.S. Lewis could put it this way. He said, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds not our desires too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily Pleased? You want to keep making mud pies? Come on! And I'm offering you a holiday at the sea. This isn't okay. I guess I'm gonna go follow Jesus. This is. <laughs> You're the King of the Kingdom. You're going to Jerusalem for me. Invite me to go with you. Where else would I go? It's interesting. In chapter 10, you turn the page to chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72 real disciples and he gives them nothing, no money, no food, no clothes. And he says, you just got to wear what's on your back and you're going to trust that I'm going to take care of and you're going to have to rely on other people for your food and all that stuff. And they go and about halfway through chapter 10, Luke tells us they come back. And you know what emotion he uses to describe them? The 72 came back with joy. You can fake happiness, but you can't fake joy. And I take that as Luke saying when you finally give up control and trust that Jesus can actually handle it, you will find freedom in your soul. What about you? I'd climb the highest mountain for you. I'd swim the deepest ocean. I'd walk the hottest desert. And I'll be over later if it doesn't rain. Jesus, can we call down fire from heaven No, you you come with me. We give our life away. We don't try to control it. I'll go with you wherever you go. Are you okay with not knowing where you're gonna sleep tonight? Do you trust that I'm gonna take care of that? Or do you have to keep your little control? Can I go back and bury my dad? If you follow me, you have to trust that I'll take care of that. You may not be around for your dad's funeral. Can I go back and take care of my stuff? Trust me with your stuff. Let's go. Earlier in Luke 9, Jesus said these very, very interesting words. In verse 23 of Luke 9, he says, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now watch this, verse 24. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. You can translate it this way. Whoever wants to take, keep control of their life will lose it. If you wanna wanna try to fix it yourself, if you wanna keep control, you will lose your life. Doesn't work. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. When you you say, okay, I, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I'm gonna give it to you, Jesus Save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? I wonder if 10 years after this event, if that old boy was still going through his nightly routine Knowing Jesus had called him to other things, but surely this night my soul is going to be filled when I scroll or when I do the routine that I always do. Surely, but 10 years later, he still has not answered Jesus's call and his soul is hollow. Or I wonder if the other guy's dad has died, but now he's gone on to the next family member because nobody in my family is going to take care of such and such like I can I know Jesus wants me to do this over here, but I just don't know if I can trust him with my family, and so I've got to go take care of my people. I, I, I have to, and he can't. Or I wonder if the third guy was like, I've got these details i got to take care of. I got through that 10 years ago, but now I've got these other things, and I know Jesus is calling me here, But and his soul is hollow. What about you? These are hard, but they're not hard for us to walk out and say, well, I guess I'll follow Jesus. They're hard to draw us in to see the beauty of Jesus and to realize that we are far too easily pleased. I've asked Sky and Nathan to close us with a song and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna let her sing and you can sing with her about the goodness of God. Um, I wonder if maybe God had you here, or maybe you're watching online and God brought you here. It's not by accident that we were on this text and you're here and people online. What do you want in control over that you don't trust Jesus with yet? What's that obstacle that's keeping you from being real? Jesus isn't looking for more. He doesn't want any of your half-hearted junk. He's looking for real. He's not looking to see how many he can get. He's wanting to see, do you get it? And he'll know, and you'll know. I want to give you an opportunity to respond however the Spirit of God's leading. Whether that's there, here, you write down what God's calling you to do later. I don't know what it is. Let's not walk out of here saying this is a nice, sweet thing of Jesus. It's not. It's a let me get in your face and say, are you talk? Are you a poser? Or do you see me for who I really? Jesus, have your way. Make us a church that doesn't just talk a good talk, play a good game, but are disciples who say, we want to be on the lookout for what you're doing. We want to surrender to your Lordship and find life. Thank you for going to Jerusalem. Thank you for dying in our place. Thank you for being resurrected. When you died, you gave up all control, and the Father took over. Do that with us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stand and sing with me.
1: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness. Running after, it's running after me. Yes, it is. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Oh, with my life lay down. I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. so much for being here with us this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Be blessed as you go. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.